Being a kid was such a curious time in my life. It is mind-boggling when you consider what a child has the capacity to normalise. It is often considered that as children, well people even, that we extract our value system from the world around us. Ideally, one would want the internal, the family unit, to serve as the checks and balances on the contamination one can absorb from the external, general, general society. This is to provide us with a basic understanding of what is right and what is wrong. Too often, the value system of general society serves as a poster child for everything that be considered destitute and morally bankrupt. A value system founded on placing money over humanity, gluttony for poisonous food, drug abuse and hypersexualization. Our family unit is supposed to instill the values which will allow us to repel these temptations. But nonetheless, not all family units are able to provide that buffer, and in some cases actually comes to reflect the very evils of general society in more ways than one. This is a dangerous combination, and was a setting I was somewhat born into. This may sound weird to you, considering what I just said, but I couldn't ask to have been born into a more loving family. The foundations they set for me supplied me with the confidence and self-belief that I could make something of myself in this world. I was totally in love with my nan, a little scared of my mum, saw my uncles as my big brothers and considered myself to have the hippiest auntie in the world. At a snapshot, this all looked perfect. We all more or less lived under my nan's roof, so we would be in constant contact with each other. I would get to see the good aspects of one's character, but also the bad. And that's to be expected. But the danger comes in now when you get the bad behaviour and mistake it for good. Then you go on to repeat it yourself. And that's exactly what happened to me. You see, one of my uncles who I referenced in the very first episode of this podcast was a gallus. For those that don't know what that means, is someone who goes through a lot of women. Night after night, I see women come and women go. My uncle was shaping what masculinity was in front of my very eyes. He was showcasing a lifestyle which seemed fun, fascinating, but above all, normal. And that was the dangerous part, because I now saw women as sexual commodities who were disposable. These weren't words that I would use to describe my behaviour at the time. It was masked by the fact that I was having fun and would be getting social validation from my friends. It was simply what came with the territory of being a man, or at least what I thought came with the territory of being a man. The more women you could get, the more of a man you were. The maths were simple. Sleeping around came with the added understanding that they would be girls who would come to like me and would be intimate with me in the hope that it could escalate into a relationship. But you will know this. Then act surprised when the same girl ask what are we you will say something vague which doesn't tie you directly to a relationship but instills enough hope in her to be happy that things are moving in the right direction but this is the territory at least that's how you rationalize it this is the criteria with what comes with being a man your friends crown you as a king general society swarms you with celebrity anecdotes like you're the man, you're the don, and so forth. Even though behind this accolade, this adulation, and all these accolades, there's a long stream of women whose broken heart will now set forth a negative disposition that they'll now have towards men. 
That's a hefty cost when you look at it that way. A tirade you only spearheaded to fill the gaping holes in your shallow self-esteem. It took me till my early 20s to come to realise I wasn't living my life but that of my uncle. Because truth be told, I found that lifestyle boring. I wasn't doing it because I particularly enjoyed it, but only because that's what I felt was required for me to be a man. I could do this with almost no emotion, because no one in my family, especially the women, ever told me it was the wrong thing to do. My mum very much saw it as, boys will be boys. My nan never discouraged my uncle with having five girls on the spin. It was to be expected. Thinking about it, this could only be tolerated because the women themselves didn't expect any better from the men they were surrounded by, and speaks to the fact that all the offspring from my nan, including her grandchildren, barring two, my uncle's children, have zero contact with their fathers. That's a pandemic of absent fathers and whatlessness, something I felt was something I felt I was significantly contributing towards, and something I had to change fast. As implied, I don't see my father. I haven't seen him since the age of six, so as a result, my uncles came in and filled that void. As much as I've shown the light on my uncle's womanizing, he for one has also showcased an admirable part of masculinity too, one founded on respect, honor, dedication and focus. With that considered, it's important to know that no one is perfect and no one can ever be expected to be. Nonetheless, we should always strive to be better but we can't be expected to do better if we don't know better, which is why the values we have as men, black men in particular, has to change drastically. Who you partner with is your most important move in your quest for generational wealth. What I find is that the criteria men tend to have for women is a very shallow one. It is more centered around how she looks rather than what she can bring to the table. What's her agenda? What does she want her family to look like? What are her goals financially? And so on. And that's just for women that men want to be in a relationship with. What about the men who are having children with women who they never intended to be in a relationship in the first place? This is a problem which doesn't look like it's going anywhere soon. And is one of the true blockers to one ever achieving generational wealth. Because child support payments will suck away all the money that would otherwise be used for saving and investing and that's just by you having one child by one woman this problem compounds the more children you leave unaccounted for and the more women you have children with the price of sex is too high to be reckless with who you have sex with and also to not have safety measures such as contraception in place this is all a clear illustration of building your life on sand because there is no solid base for you to build your empire and legacy. Too often men are forced to increase their earning potentials with skills they are not equipped for, or even worse, just default on payments completely. I believe as a man it's always important to always ask, what are you adding to this woman's life? Are you adding happiness? Are you adding security? Or are you adding misery and destruction? It's become a trend for men to sponge off women, live in their home, eat their food, all without contributing a single penny. This is a form of extended adolescence or a, second, or a second childhood, so to speak, where men are absolved of any responsibility because they found another woman to play mummy as they continue to suck on their proverbial tit. It is for this reason I believe women have more tenacity than men, 
It's often said in black families that girls are raised whilst boys are babied, which is why women tend to display higher degrees of responsibility to themselves and their children. This isn't the only reason why women are more likely to do this. Another reason can be attributed to time and energy. Women make more of an investment across both time and energy in the actual production of a child across nine months. Whilst for men, their investment often starts and stops in whatever sexual scenario conceived the child in the first place. Think about that for a minute because that is a whole topic within itself. I am a firm believer in that you attract where you're at. The calibre of the people you attract in your life is going to be a reflection of the standards you measure yourself by. So if you're aspirational, you most likely attract someone aspirational too. If you're lazy, you'll attract someone who's lazy and the parallels can go on forever. What you find is that a lot of men are measured by their potential rather than the results they put on the scoreboard. This isn't a bad thing depending on on when you're judging such a person and at what point in their life. But there has to be a cut-off point, because at a certain stage in one's life, they'll have more track record than potential. And if at certain milestones, they haven't achieved certain things, or hasn't shown any initiative in doing so, then they should be given serious consideration before being turned into a partner. Having a man who can't provide is a form of castration to himself and the, re- and the relationship which builds on his shoulders. Because you know that in the event something goes wrong financially or practically, he won't be able to pick up the pieces. Which is why it makes me laugh when I hear guys who say they believe in polygamy but have no ways of sustaining themselves, let alone another woman, and shows no signs of doing so either. A woman is going to excuse your potential if she's in this phase herself. But the drifts occur when the woman starts capitalising on her potential but realises that the man is not. In this case, the woman will tend to leave because she will now be on the quest for someone with a similar status. Women of this ilk have self-respect, know what they want and believe that they deserve it too and won't settle. Women like this are dangerous to men who can't match their ambitions, which is why many men in these positions try to dim their woman's light in order to safeguard their own ego and insecurities. This shows the importance of women demanding more of their men because in doing so will force men to step up. My intention for this podcast was to avoid passing judgment on anyone or anything. With that said, I believe that if you have a child that you have neglected, then you're not a real man. Being a man or being less of one isn't relative to that of being a woman. It's something in and of itself. Not being a man means that you're still a boy. Thinking that it's implying you're exhibiting more female traits would be misleading because we already established that women showcase more tenacity than men anyway. It's a shame that when someone is in their 20s and has been in a relationship for over five years, they're often met with surprise and even sympathy for the guy being quote-unquote whipped. But the joke is really on you because he's building a foundation. So who's the one who really requires sympathy? Someone who has sex then goes nowhere, that goes nowhere and continues to dig a hole for themselves or someone who has sex which continues to feed into their richness and their legacy. To me it's a no-brainer but isn't for me for this episode to, to chastise men but more so for us to become more aware of our responsibilities because it's important to know that boys are born and men are made 
and you can't be a man in my eyes if your responsibilities is something you can't own up to. Before I conclude, I'd like to say as much as I've used my uncle as a case study, he's changed his life around and has been in a relationship with a lovely lady for over 10 years and also is a proud father of two he loves and takes care of. Anyone can change. If you know better, you should always do better because with, because with such things, it's a young person's game. And once you hit a certain point in your life, you have nothing to show for it but the women you slept with and the children which have gone unfathered. Get with someone who demands the best out of you and aligns with your vision for your family because it's only through this that you'll be able to reach your higher purpose. That concludes this episode um, of the Be More podcast. Um, I'd like to thank you again for, for tuning in, as always. Um, make sure that if you haven't done so already, that you download our free ebook, which details 40 proven ways for you to start earning passive income. Um, you can find the details of how you can attain that in the description, uh, in the description box. Um, of of this episode um furthermore um don't forget to follow us at instagram at bmore.co so that's b-m-o-o-r dot c-o bmore.co and um follow us for you know um news updates information you know everything so um so yeah um thanks again for for joining us um and i look forward to seeing you on the next episode peace